3: Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme. I'm Questlove and Team Supreme. We got Lai in the house. Hello, yes,
1: buddy. yes, hello, hello, hello.
3: We got unpaid, <laughs> unpaid bill. Yeah. You back? That's it.
4: Back. Nice. Sorry. All right. Martin you there? What up, what up? Yeah, man, man. Yes, sir. And Sugar Steve. my whole childhood right now, cause. I know, please. <laughs>
3: Sugar Steve, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm very excited. Um, what can I say, ladies and gentlemen? Our guest today, legendary singer, is really putting it lightly. Uh, but for the past five decades, uh, she's never lost a step in her powerful vocal range, um, be it as a, a Broadway sensation that came into our lives in the original cast run of the whiz um to our legendary run of hits working with some of the greatest producers ever um name them, phil ramone Bert baccarat hal david james and reggie lucas george duke david hawk Wazinski, nick martinelli robert brookins all my favorites ashram and since from the- <laughs> so she's worked with all my favorites she's my favorite um <laughs> I never thought this day was coming, but I'm happy to say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Questlove Supreme, Stephanie Mills. Yes, yes, hey. <laughs> yeah.
5: Thank you. I am I'm
6: honored to be here. Thank you. How
3: how are you today?
6: I'm good. I'm good in this crazy world we're living in. I'm good.
3: <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I I had seen you like uh,
6: at the airport.
3: Yeah, it was like three three years ago. It was either the airport or the train station. One and and you know, I, I I I could not believe you knew I was alive. I was like... came up to you and I said, "Hi, I'm
6: Stephanie," and you said,
3: and hi." Yeah, I I was like, "Wow, you know who I am?" Thank you. Of course, that is amazing. Um, yeah, I I we have a cajillion questions to ask you, so we're just going to start. Okay. Um, I always start with your your origins. Uh, Where are you from?
6: I'm from Brooklyn, New York. But I make my home in Charlotte, North Carolina. But I'm from Brooklyn.
4: What? What? You live in Charlotte?
6: I live in Charlotte for the last 28 years. Oh, my
4: God. Wow. Neighbors. How far is she to you? Neighbor. Yeah, from me. So my hometown is Greensboro. That's where I was raised in Greensboro. But home is Raleigh. Me and my uh, family, we live in Raleigh now.
5: Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah but
4: no, nah, that's... Oh, wow. I did, okay. Stephanie Mills is playing North Carolina. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. claiming in
3: North Carolina, man. Yeah. I feel like that's quiet. It's, it's, it's beyond the... Reti- not even a retirement town, but just everyone I know is relocating there. You know it's that, it's man. People, Yeah. The
6: living is easy. It's not chaotic, you know. It's just, I and my, fam, my mom and my dad were from here. So every, I spent all my summers here as a child, and I have a lot of family here. So I like that.
3: Oh, back wow. when you left the city for the summer to live with grandparents? Like yeah, to... like
6: we would come and, and stay with my aunts and my cousins. and all, Like my cousin was here tonight, help putting this all together, because I am challenged when it comes to all this kind of...
3: <laughs> Guess thing. what? So, so are I, we.
6: <laughs> I like... <laughs> You know, being able to call
3: him, come over to my house, help me. I have an interview tonight. So, yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um, What part What part of Brooklyn were you from? Beth Stuyvesant. That's stuy Okay. Do it wow. In the beginning, I mean, I I know that you were, you know, practically singing out of the womb, but just musically speaking, like, when did you, when was that voice fully, not fully developed, but like when did you realize that you had something that not many people had that voice like how old were you
6: I don't think I realized it even till this day I just like mm. to sing I like I mean I I um went to the Apollo and I won 6 weeks in a row And the six weeks that I was there, James Brown performed, Roberta Flack, King. Isley Brothers as well, correct? Isley Brothers as well. Yes. And then I got a chance to perform with the Isley Brothers and do shows with them. And then after that, I uh, auditioned for Maggie Flynn, which was a Broadway show. I was about 11 years old and that ran on Broadway about nine years. And then after that, I recorded I Knew It Was Love. And that's how they heard about me for the for the
3: Wiz. Okay. I know of your sister, uh, Cassandra in, in the industry, but like the rest of your family, are they musically inclined as well? Or?
6: You know, well, Cassandra was my sister-in-law. She was married to my brother.
4: Oh, okay. Oh, Cassandra Mills, giant records, Cassandra Mills. Yeah. Yes.
6: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, but she still keeps the, she still keeps the name, but she was married to my brother, Alan, who's now deceased. May, may uh, God rest his soul. But, uh, uh she managed her. And my brother managed me for a while. Yeah. Oh, okay. The rest of my family are not musically inclined. No, they were just really involved management-wise when I was younger in my career.
3: So all the talent went to you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I guess, yeah. That talent.
3: <laughs> I see. All the talent went to you. Yeah. So in. The- can you just what what was i i don't think we've yet to interview someone that was part of uh showtime or at least amateur night of the apollo um in the 70s at least like was it as was it as harrowing as the urban legend will lead you to think it was (laughs) at least for people that told me
6: what did they say about it
3: well you know everything brutal
4: yeah man come out he gets you out of yeah. It
6: wasn't it wasn't brutal for me. You come out and you rub the the, the stuff really? and everything and and I sang my song. I sang Who's Loving You by The Jackson Five and For Once in My Life by Stevie Wonder. And you sing those songs every every time you go up, but it wasn't brutal for me. My whole family was around me and I was very protective and I was able to go up on stage and watch like James Brown perform and all of that. So it was I it wasn't a bad experience for me.
3: You could so sing. You,
4: she you could didn't sing. know to be a free. <laughs> right, right. She could, <laughs> she could really sing. So she had a great night follow Apollo. You had somebody else. Their <laughs> story might be different.
3: <laughs> okay. Not a... I see. Okay. So I guess your, your career as a recording artist happened after your first play? That's what you just said? or
6: Yes. After my first play, um, after Maggie Flynn, then I was signed to Paramount Records. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I recorded a record with uh, um, Burt Back not Burt Backrad, um, because that was with Motown. Burt Keys. Okay. And I knew it was love. Came out was a single, and Ken Harper, who was a DJ on a what is it? A&M, a and M, not A&M, A and M, but what's the morning station? Not FM, but but uh. A
3: M radio. Uh- a M
6: radio. He was a jock on A M radio, and they were putting together the Whiz, and they heard my single. And I had gone up for a lot of different things that I didn't get, so I did not want to audition for the Whiz. My mother made me go that morning, and she went with me. And then I auditioned three times after that, and they told me I had the role. You
3: How old were you at to time.
6: I did not want to go. I hate auditions. I don't. I wouldn't. I. If someone called and said we'd like to see you for so, I would not go. I'm petrified. I cannot audition well. But you, ch- you big, chose
1: theater so early in life. Right? I know.
6: But I love theater. I love the wow. stage. I, in fact Melba Moore and I are working on something that we're going to do uh next year and uh, we're excited so. about it because I I love Melba. I think she's like the queen. She I'm I'm on Broadway because of her. She paved the way. You know. Mm. For we her. talked to
4: her yesterday actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she we had just, her-
6: just, she's just brilliant. So, uh, and we've been friends for a long time. In fact, Melba gave me my first Yellow Brick Road party when wow. I was in yeah.
4: Yeah. And how old were you uh, when you uh, did The Wiz? How old were you at that time?
6: I was actually 17, but they said I was 15, but I was 17. Ah,
4: gotcha. Oh, okay. gotcha.
6: Yeah.
4: Okay.
3: So, still a child.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so, The Wiz, um, yeah, I, I saw your run when uh, you did it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, mm-hmm. He went deep with it. She has the tattoo on her arm. do You still have that? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What you get? I shouldn't have said that.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: you,
1: like, you make me sound like a stalker. <laughs>
4: Very much a stalker. Very no, much.
3: Stalker. I think you know what I—I got to say. Out of—I mean—you could have been one of those mindless people that just does the, you know, they—they they do the 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 Japanese characters, not yeah. what it, what it represents. You have one of the most unique. I approve of your tattoo. Like, and it
1: meant something to me because in full disclosure, it meant something to me because I said I wanted something that would mean something for the rest of my life. My godfather is Charlie Smalls. He wrote a lot of the music and I, Charlie oh passed. So I, I actually call this his angel. And that's Charlie's oh
6: angel. Oh, my God. Charlie Smalls was brilliant. In fact, yeah. he was the one who actually sat down with me at the piano and taught me my songs.
1: Wow. wow. Yeah, I can't wait. I kinda I don't I just can't wait for you to talk about like the home process and that song. And oh, my well, we're God. here already. So yeah. let's go. Let's,
4: yeah, let's go.
6: <laughs> it, it, I mean, first of all, I had never that was my first time being around like someone like Andre DeShields, who was a brilliant uh whiz and and Jeffrey Holder and yes. uh wow. Holders, who was wow. our first
3: Jeffrey Holder was in the original <laughs> Whiz?
6: Yes. Jeffrey Holder designed the costumes, and then wow. he later became the director because they fired Gilbert Moses but Gilbert Moses was the original director
3: wait jeffrey ha
4: ha ha, ha. yeah yes. Huller, was- nelson yes. nelson from boomerang yeah he go. the banana
5: masks <laughs> <laughs> we no got Annie.
4: <laughs> after bill after bill see i'm,
3: I'm more boomerang i i barely remember he was punjab and Annie. Okay. Yes. okay
6: yes
1: yes and the cola nut.
4: Yeah, he was. Yeah, he seven. He was the seven up guy. Wow. Yeah, I forgot
1: about. Yes. so, So yeah. So the process. So
4: the
3: process. Yeah. Could you? What? I mean, I knew who you were when I was five, but I mean, what was it like to be in the eye of that storm? And you know, because I feel like the Whiz was just something that we've never seen before, as as black people. And it was. It
6: was amazing. It was it. Because you know, being a black show and 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 doing the whiz, of course, the 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 um, what do you call it? the critics hated us. I mean, mm. they hated. We got terrible, terrible reviews when we first opened. Really, but because my mother belonged to a big church, uh, Cornerstone Baptist Church in Brooklyn, and Ken Harper's mother belonged to a big church. Before we actually did our uh, our our commercial, they would sit, they would come in busloads, and that helped us until we did our commercial once we did the commercial for the wiz we were fine but it was it was there was a lot of things working working against us but we we prevailed we really prevailed because they did not want us on broadway
3: wow so wow. you're saying that it was not critically acclaimed
6: no
1: no
3: you no. know how I mean, and the
4: movie know, wasn't either though I, yeah. I i get it now but i just it was can't. too
1: different right and it and it was and, it, it was too different and it was all
6: black and you know judy garland was right did julie come
3: so people and were being of protective the- of their okay i get of, it. That,
6: of the Our wizard White of Oz. And, and i used to watch <laughs> the wizard of Oz every year when it would come on never did i imagine that i would play you know dorothy cuz that was one of my favorite uh fairy tales
1: so so can you tell the people who are listening, because everybody didn't get a chance to see your version of it. A lot of people have seen the movie version. What are the major, like, different breakdowns between the two?
6: Well, first of all, I was a young girl. Diane was a, a young woman. Mm-hmm. And um, That's uh, we basically in. took our <laughs> version from The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Right. It's just right. a black cast. You know, but the movie was different. It 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 went somewhere somewhere else. Even though Michael was was in it, and I felt like he was brilliant, and I felt like Diane was brilliant too. But uh, ours was more like the Wonderful Wizard of Oz. It was just called The Wiz. Okay.
1: But the same musical numbers, though, right? Like same songs.
6: The because Charlie wrote all new. We had all original music. We had *Ease ah. on Down the Road*. They had *Follow the Yellow Brick Road*. I had Home, and she had Somewhere Over the Rainbow. So it was all all our musicals. That's
4: right. Home wasn't in the Wiz. Home? It wasn't in the movie. It it was was in the movie. She's comparing the original one. We're
3: comparing the movie and the Broadway version. Yeah,
1: I was talking about the Yes.
3: Yeah, Yeah. But I'm
1: comparing what you said. Ah.
3: But I do have a question, though. Your second label was Motown. Yes. So... I would assume Uh that you were kind of in Barry Gordy's radar. So being as though you were a Motown artist pre-Wiz, once you got it, how weird was it? Was it ever up in the air that you might do the movie version at all? Like, was it even a discussion or?
6: When they had a different... uh... Uh, There was a different director first. I forget his name. So not Sidney Lumet. It wasn't Sidney Lumet. They had a different director and it was coming through 20th Century Fox. And they were going to have a meeting with me. But then once Sidney Lumet took over, it was almost definite that Diana was going to play Dorothy. And she would would come to the show all the time, all the time, all the time to study. Mm. You know, the so film. you
3: knew you knew even in the run of the Broadway show that they were going to do a movie adaptation, and yes, it was going to okay. I Wait, but
6: rarely do they use the person that does Broadway. They rarely use the same, yeah. same people, the same
1: person. So, so you this took day. it like it's just business. Business is business.
6: I didn't. You know, I was such a fan of Diana Ross and all that. I didn't. I didn't look at it as a bad thing. I just mm-hmm. you know, that's the way it goes.
3: I I will say, though, because of how home is associated with you, Mm -hmm. and that's known as a showstopper. Mm -hmm. uh, Is there a pressure, especially with, I mean, how long was your your initial one run was? Was it two years, three years?
6: Five years.
3: Wow. Five years. I was in
6: Broadway for five years. Without
3: understudy or no understudy whatsoever?
6: Oh, I did have an understudy. Yeah. She went on maybe for one week
3: Yikes. when I okay. took a vacation. Okay. People wow. were mad that week, weren't they? In five. <laughs> <laughs> right. One, me- right. One week in five right. years. Right. One week I was <laughs> is- five years, yeah. That's all
6: they gave me, one that week was in a five years.
3: So is it, I mean, you know, I mean, of course when you think of like the Showstopper song mm-hmm. along with, you know, with Jennifer, where I am telling you, like the home is sort of the you must do a grand slam every night like how much pressure was that to sing like your your yeah. th- mm-hmm. like the audience life depends
4: on it how mm-hmm. much pressure and how hard that? was that on your vocals every like vocally how how much how hard is that
6: it wasn't hard on me at all really because i'm a sleeper i always get sleep i know i need a certain amount of sleep and because i started in theater, it teaches you such discipline mm-hmm. that you're doing eight shows a week. You can't do anything else. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You can't go out. You no can't party partying, no nothing. No. And I'm not a partier anyway, so you can't, you can't do anything else. But physically, sometimes when I'd get a cold, it was hard, you know, to sing above that. But the show must go on. You're taught that in theater. There's no matter if you're sick. I've had sprained ankles and everything, but the show must go on. And that's Mm -hmm. how I was trained and taught. So it wasn't that hard
5: for me.
1: I was just going to ask, did you ever get a chance to talk to Charlie about the lyrics of that song? My father talks about when he wrote that song, he had like nothing and was like eating apples and was, was going through the struggle. But I was just curious if he ever walked you through where it came from, like lyrically.
6: No, he never did. But we used to sit at the piano and he taught me that song. And then he also wrote a song called Opening Night which was a wonderful song. They didn't put it in the show, but he taught me that song. But sitting with Charlie and watching him play and create that music was just awesome. And I was glad that he taught me my song. He was the one who taught me. Be, Be a Lion is actually my, my favorite song because it's so positive. Everybody, everybody thinks Home is Mine, but Be a Lion is, is really my favorite song in the show.
1: Thank you. I, that's so Was awesome.
3: Ted Ross in the original Wiz?
6: Absolutely. Ted Ross and
1: Stu Gillum was the original Scarecrow.
3: Scarecrow. Okay.
1: Okay. And wasn't Debbie Allen in the chorus? No. In the touring? Felicia. She, Felicia. Felicia,
3: she was. Okay. Felicia
1: Rashad
6: was in. She was a munchkin. Wow. She was a munchkin.
1: <laughs>
6: she was, she was uh, understudy for Glenda.
4: What? Wow. Oh, man. Ah, yeah, that's she, perfect. She would yeah. Had a, yeah. You know Bridgewater for
6: Glenda. Wow. the wow. Tony for Glenda. I
3: was really? too, too little to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. I was going to say at, at the height of what New York City was um, during that time period, how were you able to avoid or did you avoid the trappings of of what was starting to unfurl in the summer of 1977. I mean the studio 54 yeah. is like a, a, a big thing and you know like basically the culture is shifting during that time period. But you know if you're the talk of the town in like one of the most popular plays, plays on Broadway like how does one mm-hmm. avoid Kind of the trappings of that life at such a young age.
6: My mother sat in the dressing room every night. <laughs> there, that's the answer. There you
2: go. That's, that's all you should
6: know. <laughs> my mother was with me every that's... night. When I did go out and I went to Studio Fifty Four, my brothers and my sisters went with me.
1: You
3: were allowed and to go.
6: go. I was allowed to go.
3: But like What was it like? Michael. What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't mean you got out the house. All right, great. Tell me what's oh, like. I'm
6: I was allowed to go. Michael and I would go sometimes together. And right, that's right, that's right. And and if people wait, put
3: Michael. In, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just cat. You said Michael mm-hmm. right? casually. Yeah. Michael yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah. All right, Michael <laughs> Peters. All Michael. right. No. <laughs> Michael,
6: Michael Peters was in the Wiz too. He was the wing monkey. Yes. And he was a young road.
4: Oh. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow. So you and Michael Jackson in Studio 54. What is that like?
6: It's exciting. You know, Diane von Furstenberg was there and and uh, Mick Jagger and and Andy Warhol. We went out to dinner with Andy Warhol because Michael was being interviewed with uh, Mr. Warhol and he wanted me to go with him. So we would go after Studio 54 and have dinner and he would interview Michael.
4: Was it any truth to the rumor that you and Michael were seeing each other, or were y'all just friends?
6: We were so young, and you couldn't have told me that I wasn't going to marry Michael. I love
4: him.
6: <laughs> no. we, we were friends. I would braid his hair, and I stayed with him.
3: Wait a minute now. He and had cornrows? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, he
6: had a big afro. so I That's was right. Okay. I was wondering
3: how he maintained hey. that, joint. I was like, I wanted hey. yeah. to get to uh, Get
4: Okay. Yeah, yeah he yeah. is from Gary now.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 I asked you, Stephanie, what was the moment when you knew that you and Michael were going to be, we going to be friends? Like, I, do you remember? Like you, you know. Like-
6: it just sort of happened, you know, because I was always around. I was always around the family. I became friends with Hazel and Jermaine, and then I moved to California, and I was always at the home at Jackson's home, and always around. I mean, I saw the girls outside the gate crying and just going inside. Wow. Cause Michael liked to drive. He didn't like to drive on the freeway. He liked to drive like right up and down Ventura Boulevard. So we would always go and he would always pick me to go get the ice cream or popcorn. He loved popcorn from the movies, but we weren't always going to the movies, but he would always send me in there to get it. Cause he knew I would, I would get it. I wouldn't let them I, tell me no. Uh,
3: damn, I thought I was the only human being that did that. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> would we'll just get popcorn and not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't know you did. <laughs> Wait, yeah. no! Yeah, I don't want to buy right? a ticket. I just want to buy some popcorn. Yeah, right. likely story. That's still nine ninety nine. <laughs> okay.
4: <Yeah. laughs> when you are, you mentioned earlier, Stephanie, you mentioned earlier about your brothers and sisters. How many of you of you was it? It
6: was six of us: three girls and okay. three boys. And and I where was the were you? Girl. I'm the youngest girl. Oh, and okay. a baby brother.
1: So spoiled? I was the spoiled.
2: That's why she stayed in the I dressing
1: room. Spoil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get know,
3: it now. I think, now.
1: think so. Well, I mean, y'all was really, when y'all went to the club, they really was protecting you. Like they were your oh, entourage. Absolutely. absolutely. Yes. The Brooklyn yes. Mills. What? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the ah. Brooklyn
3: Mills. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So it takes four years for your follow-up album well first of all you only recorded one album for motown and wait i got it yeah it was whose decision was it to work with uh bert and how as producers because you know the last time that they worked with each other was with dion warwick and they had you know they had like a kind of a legendary split a breakup so you're the project that brings them back together. Like what was the whole
6: at decision time, to work with at that time, you know, everybody was making decisions for me. So I don't really know whose idea it was. All I know is one day I was at Bert Brackrat's apartment learning, you know, songs and how David and them were teaching me songs and I'd go to his apartment. Um,
3: did you, re- like did, did you know their legacy at that point or just like, uh, these are the Dion Ward guys and uh, I don't know.
6: I didn't know. Well, yeah, because didn't they write? They wrote for um oh what's the uh the 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 team, the girl and the guy team. Carpenters. Uh, carpenters. Yes. Yeah. Didn't they write for the cop We only just begun mm-hmm. that. So I knew about that because I love the carpenters. Okay. And um I would listen to their songs and You know, I just thought, okay, this is legendary. These are great writers. They're going to write. But I think it was that album was definitely ahead of its time.
4: Yeah. Who else were you listening to? um, Like growing up, we didn't really talk about your influences. Like what kind of stuff were you were you jamming at that time?
6: Motown. Jackson 5, Stevie Wonder, uh, Diana Ross. I just love I wanted to be Diana Ross. You know, uh, <laughs> wow. all the Motown people. You know, a slide in the family stone, Marvin Gaye. You know,
1: wow. So when you hit Motown, you must have been in awe of your life, like that. Oh was, my
6: God! Yeah. I was, oh, I can't believe it! I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: great. Wow. So with your um, your third record, you'll work with uh, the the legendary uh, James and Tumay, Reggie Lucas for like the next next four albums um can you talk about uh at least the transition to what i mean i i know no 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 of you with what you're going to do with my loving i i had my father had this the the sec, the motown album but um i came to know you through your third album yeah, me so too. i mean at that at that period um was that where you took the reins and sort of wanted to have control over the songs you sang and the stylistic? No,
6: I, that was like the last year and a half of the Wiz. And I was signed to 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. And right. Allen Livingston was president of 20th Century Fox. And um, the guy that was president of the Grammys, he was he was vice president of oh, Nick now.
1: Nick uh, yeah. Nick Port okay Neil, yeah Neil wow
6: and so um they wanted they loved in man and Lucas so they wanted us they put us together but yeah. I wasn't used to singing like love songs that what in man them wrote so we sat down and I was like, well what am I how am I going to sing? What are you going to do with my love? And what what does that mean? You know. Okay. So, <laughs>
3: Tawatha,
6: Tawatha would sing my demos for me, and then I was like, going to ask oh, you about her. Oh, Tawatha sang all of my demos for me, and she and most of the singers that sang with Luther. In fact, Luther Vandross wrote uh, "Can You Feel a Brand New Day" for the Wiz on Broadway. Yes,
3: yes, always right. oh, yes, 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 yep. yes, yes, yes. So yes. I was going to say, like during that period. Like uh, that whole crew, Tawatha, or Lonnie, Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Groves, Lonnie um,
6: sang with Stevie,
3: Gwen yeah. Guthrie, like that whole that whole crew. Were you sort of immersed in that the background fraternity sorority of what New York was offering at the time, or was it sort of like you came after the fact? Like they,
6: I came after the fact, but okay. they all sang on on my record. And I would be there when they would sing and and Tawatha would, you know, like I said, sing all my uh demos for me. But they all sing oh, okay. on, yeah. on all the backgrounds.
4: What were uh M and, and Lucas, what were what were they like in the studio and and kind of what was the division of labor between those two in terms of how they worked with you?
6: Oh my god, it was so loving and positive. Cause you know, they were working with Miles Davis at the time right. and they were doing the song with uh, Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. Right. So they had a lot of things going on at that time, but they were so dedicated and so loving. It, it was the best experience. In fact, just before Reggie uh, passed away, we were going to get together and write some stuff. He was going to, and I was going to try to get them together to do something with me. But
4: wow. he passed away. Yeah. So was Reggie, was he more of the the lyricist and James was more music or how did that
6: James was work? more music. They both were music. And 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 I would say Reggie was more the lyricist, but they He's were more both lyrics. music. Yeah.
4: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, two hearts is like my mm. favorite. I mean, mm.
6: I, I love
4: that song. <laughs> like it's yeah.
6: And singing with Teddy, it, it 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 was good. Yeah.
4: Yeah. What was that session like? Do you remember that day?
6: It was it was well they because I was still was I still doing the Wiz? I don't think I was doing the Wiz at that time, but I was uh, Teddy yeah, and two I. Two hearts was like eighty one. 81. No, I was yeah. in California. So they did my vocal first and then they did his. But we were in the studio together to do Feel the Fire. I was like, we, dub- we did that mm-hmm. at uh in Philly International in Philadelphia. Well, talk
1: about that, please. <laughs> I'm just begging you. Teddy,
6: I- Teddy was a piece of work. Teddy was my brother, and uh, you know, when you're that famous and that good looking and all mm. the women you know you they really had to baby him I didn't baby Teddy I'd be like look let's do this song let's get it over with let's do it you know I really talked to him like a, a sister but he was loving and I loved working with with uh Teddy we wanted the road for like eight months out of a year back then
4: oh wow
3: It just hit me that I believe Shep was your manager at the same time because I was trying to figure out how you two hooked yes. up. And wow. Shep is a Shep really really good, good friend of mine. Shep Gordon. Yes. Um, and I know that he's connected to Teddy. I was going to say, how, how did that pairing happen? Was that through him or just?
6: That was through Teddy. I think um, I was out on the road with them and uh, I really liked the way they were handling Teddy and everything. And so I just asked them if they could manage me and
1: they and they did i know she'd been a part of a lot of historical legendary things but i was going through some old f- pictures and i just remembered that you were at something that just sparked history and that was oh my goodness stephanie mills i found this picture of you at the white house uh president carter's white house for the first black music month
6: <laughs> I don't <even> remember <laughs> that picture
1: I know <laughs> my, my dad, he's a, he's a sneaking photographer. He, you know.
6: Wow. Uh, I did. I went to the white house twice. I went to the white house when Carter was there and I went to the white house when uh, president Reagan was there.
1: Wow. What was it like yeah. to sit out on the lawn at the white house and him dedicate? It
6: was, it was wonderful to see, you know, the white house the what we built and just to be there and, 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 and have all those people around and sit and talk and a, a lot of historical people, You know, I remember being a young girl and going to Ebenezer in Atlanta and meeting, you know, Mm -hmm. Coretta Scott King used to come and sing at our church at Cornerstone Baptist Church and do, uh, uh, you know know how they have uh, revivals? She used to come and Mm -hmm. do revivals, and then Daddy King would come and preach.
5: So I got a
6: chance to go to their house and, you know, and and hang out. You know, Uh, Yolanda King was one of my friends. God rest her soul. So,
5: yeah. Man.
6: And then, you know, with a lot of people coming backstage, like I got a chance to meet Allie McGraw and Steve McQueen and, and, and uh, Jacqueline Onassis. And, you know, so many people came back and said hello and brought flowers. And but my favorite was Pearl Bailey.
1: Wow. Nicole, and Ella Fitzgerald. Wow. <laughs> but not at the same time, because that would be not at the same time.
6: <laughs> But they all said the same thing that they always, they all said there's going to be some wolves out there, but you're going to be okay. That's what's up. Just keep going. That's what they said. You just keep going. They. It was just, and then Pearl Bailey gave me a gift from Bergdorf's and I still have it in the box and everything today.
3: So for your, uh, your 20th century run um, with, with Intume and Lucas, because with, uh, the The second album with a uh, sweet sensation. Um, I know that that was your first real, you know, pot. I mean, even though Black Radio was playing, uh, what you going to do and put your body in it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, your breakout with uh, never knew love like this before. Um, mm-hmm. It's how like can you describe at least the 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 song? not the songwriting process but at least the choice of songs because that was a major major pop song. Yes. I didn't realize that that song actually did better on the pop charts than it did on the R&B yeah. charts. So just yeah. at the time and you won a Grammy for it. Yes. Um what how did it, how did it feel at least at that point in 81 like that being at at, the, at that point you the highest point of your career. What was it, what was that it, feeling like?
6: It was amazing. But you know what's so funny is that now being uh, 63 and, and looking back at, at that, I didn't have time to stop and smell the roses. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everything was moving so fast. So fast. Yeah. I didn't have time to really like enjoy it. Like I wasn't at the Grammys. I was working. Teddy picked up the Grammy for me wow. when I won the American Music Awards. I was there. but. It, everything was just happening so fast. You know, I didn't get a time to, like, enjoy it and be in the moment. Damn,
3: you skipped the Grammys? Wow, okay. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> <laughs> that-
6: at, at that time, my family was controlling everything, so I guess they thought it was better for me to be on the road than
3: at the Grammys. I got one question. Wait, I gotta get this out. Let me get this out, please. Alright. So, alright, 50-year-old Quest Love is not asking this question. Nine year old Amir Thompson is asking Ah. this question. (laughs) (laughs) That kid. Nine year old Amir Thompson. So, nine year old Amir Thompson has an aunt who owns a beauty salon. And where any beauty salon in America, there is an overabundance of Jet and Ebony magazines. Mm -hmm. And so, that's basically where you get (laughs) all your information about any black artist ever. Very true. Right, right. Occasional write on. Jet and Ebony. Now, I'm nine years old. I don't know... And I tried looking it up here, and there's really not much on it. And you actually Instagrammed a photo this week, as of this recording. (laughs) So... All I remember was... Did you have a shotgun wedding with Jeffrey Daniels? And... Why was it so controversial at the time? Again, I was nine years old, so I didn't get into it. I just knew one day uh, your commercial for one of your albums had you in a hot tub. I forget what your album it was either tantalizing hot.
5: <laughs>
6: tantalizing hot. Tantalizing
3: And I remember, like, the talk of the beauty shop was <laughs> Stephanie Mills and Jeffrey Daniels got married. Wait. And that was like. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Like, you know the whole, <laughs> and and then i did not hear anything else about it and uh, uh, slight disclosure i'm an avid soul train watcher yes so i work for soul train so i'm going through your episodes and one of your appearances you're dancing with cooley and uh Cool, uh, Cooley from uh, Solid Gold, like Jeffrey's guys, the guys that taught right, Michael Cooley Jackson to the moonwalk, yes, uh, Casper and Cooley. So I started putting two two together, like, okay, that really did happen because I was like, wait, yes. I thought she got married? And then I looked yeah. on your IG, you acknowledged that because I guess his birthday was recently. What was that period like, and why were my aunts going out of their mind over that moment? <laughs> 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 I, think I was nine <laughs> years old at the time, so I didn't understand anything.
6: Well, you know, Jeffrey and I dated for like six months. Somebody from RCA uh, introduced us. They felt like, oh, Stephanie, you would like Jeffrey. He's so much funny. Because I was so, my family was very guarded with me. Okay. And um, when we Jeffrey and I would go on dates, my brother and my sister had to go with us. It was that time. Oh,
0: kind wow. Of, that Damn, kind. That's of. rough.
6: So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was ready to kind of like get out of the house. And Jeffrey was just so much fun. So uh, we got married, you know, he said, do you want to marry me? And I said, yes. And we thought that I was going to have a big wedding and everything, but my family was very much against it. So mm. how I,
4: old were you at that time?
6: I was 22.
2: Okay. Uh,
6: okay. Well, I, Jeffrey, I knew it wasn't crazy. Jeffrey was okay. 25. Nine year old Amir. I, was, I was 22. <laughs> so I ran okay. away to uh, 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 what's the preacher? Um, Reverend Knight? Cleveland's house. Oh. And, james uh, yeah. cleveland yeah james cleveland married us
4: <laughs> wow Yo, me and fante's face right <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs> a little known black history facts oh, oh my god are you serious yes.
6: yeah james cleveland <laughs> married us yep he took right. us to beverly hills bought our rings everything and um that night he was preaching at a church is i'm telling you the god's honest truth he was t- like james cleveland, james
2: cleveland james cleveland Yes, yes, that Ever. James like Reverend Cleveland. James Levin. Got, Got it, Reverend
6: the righteous Reverend Cleveland. I know who that is. And uh <laughs> we went to the church, he stopped the service of what he was doing, he married Jeffrey and I, and then we left. That's
3: when awesome. You said that wow. with the casualness stuff. we went out for ice cream and then uh with Michael yeah, we came. <laughs> and then Michael, right, right. Was Michael there? <laughs> no. No, this is this is like early. This 80s. was after Michael. Oh right. um, wow, that, that is was crazy. My joke. Oh, yeah, I, I was saying that I'd never. I mean, my my first foray into beauty shop girlfriend talk, girl. <laughs> the the, the, the,
6: the, the <laughs> reason why I. I put um, Jeffrey sent me those wedding pictures and and because one of our friends had had them, so he said I'm going to send you because he lives in Nigeria now. He just had a beautiful uh, wow. Wait, um, what? He just what? had a baby girl.
1: Yes. Dang, when it still worked, they still use it. Mm.
4: <laughs> Jeffrey just had he just had a girl. I'm, hey. I'm sorry. That's what you.
1: Wow, well,
5: no. hey. In the hey. words,
4: I thought I told you we won't stop. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we can't reason, stop. We
6: can't. I put it on because they, I, I heard that there was so much talk of who actually taught Michael the moonwalk. The so moonwalk. I mm-hmm. know that it was Casper and, and Jeffrey because I was at those rehearsals. So I know I was there.
3: Jesus. Wait, Fumbling. I was going to say so I was going to say, and um, one of your performances of uh, the medicine song, you actually broke out into the moonwalk.
6: Yes, I did.
3: <laughs>
6: how could i live with in, hills. Not in hills how could i live with him and they rehearse it all the time and not know how to do it of course yes
0: yes oh boy
3: that's i cool. need to see, I see that i knew thousands of hours of watching soul train would help me eventually <laughs> wow Something. that's crazy yeah so okay i'm just trying
2: to go through everything
1: <laughs> <Make sure>. so <laughs> many questions
2: what else did 9 year old Amir get into? I'm just interested. Like 9 year old Amir at the barbershop or the salon. Oh, I just
3: dude, there's nothing to do but sit there He's and, and yeah. read <laughs> all the jets and wait for my oh, right. my grandma to get her hair done
4: at at 9 p.m. so I can go home.
1: I'm impressed you um, read them. I just went for the photos of the week. <laughs>
4: I would start them at the back. I would start reading them at you, the back because I want to read see jet backwards. Yeah, I want to see the album because that's where they have. I've the albums. I've never read the
3: first twelve pages of Jet ever in my life. Facts. Just, you start backwards and then you end after photos of the after
4: after the Jet Beauty of the Week. Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, it's, it's over.
1: Not to deep dive, but not to deep dive, but but Stephanie, you've been to that. You went to the Ebony and Jet building before, right? Oh, yes. Can you tell people, because they have no idea of the layout of the floors and the colors were kind of like the whiz, right? Where every floor. Yeah. And and the kitchen. It was a different color. Every floor. it,
6: It was a different color. Every floor. And they had big posters of all the jets in the magazines and the covers. And they had lunch. You would go and have lunch. Kitchen, and free yeah. soul food lunch. Free. Yes. I
1: had, yeah. I had
6: it. It was good. I've been there a couple of times.
3: Yeah. There's a... I'm um, I'm I'm on the board of the, uh, the Museum uh, in Modern Art of Food. Well, there's going to be a food museum coming in uh, <sighs> a thing like 2025. But they just purchased... That kitchen, and that kitchen had to be delivered, like, in the state that it's always been in. Yeah, wow. To To preserve. I mean, you you hear of like people like tearing down Banksy walls just to get his artwork, right? So they literally um, delivered that kitchen intact from Chicago uh, to New York, like, in all of its seventies tacky psychedelic. <laughs> M- Mustard yellow. Ah uh, yeah, it's 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 a very <laughs> unique looking. Mm-hmm. Um you know something? All right, so you you have a uh you 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 have a rarity in which you know Prince is is well known for his disdain for anyone covering his music, yet he loved your version of um
6: How come you don't call How me?
3: come you don't call me anymore? <laughs> Two things though, one, well, why did you choose that? But you also opened your album with that. I always have questions about artists that open their albums with slow songs. Little cover, yeah, especially with that song. Like, why did that have? To, especially when that was, uh, uh, merciless had pilot era on it. Pilot was it Pilot era? Um, yeah, like
6: oh, the gems.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't think stand back, but I think yeah. No, pilot not- era was like that was the lead single but i always wanted to no, know why did you open that album with how come you don't call me anymore
6: because uh, i love the song i love prince um i got a chance to meet prince and go to uh uh paisley park um huh. when prince was honored at the soul train awards somebody else was going to sing how come you don't call me and he called me personally and 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 switched it and wanted me to sing the song right. on the Soul train awards Yeah. so i i i just think prince is a genius and i wanted to to open with that on the yeah. album
4: right there was a, a producer you worked with on uh on the sweet sensation album that i've we've never had anyone on the show that has been able to talk about him if if you knew um Her hubert eves who did all the d train stuff
6: yeah. Um, yeah, Hubert Eves played piano and stuff for all my stuff on Intume and, and Lucas
4: Yeah, what was he like? Because we've never we've never had anyone that you know was oh, able to talk about he him
6: He was just a cool dude Just would sit in the studio and just Because most of the time when I did all my stuff with Intume I was in the studio live with my band
4: With the band Ah, okay, gotcha so
6: I would be in the booth and they would be playing And he was just a cool, he was an easygoing beautiful brother.
4: He was just easy going. That's what's up. Because all that D-Train stuff, I mean, that was my, you know, I was a kid and I played that stuff. My mom used to play that stuff all the time. <laughs>
6: yeah,
4: he was cool. That's what's
3: up. I know that uh, yeah. you worked with uh, Hawk Wazinski, David Hawk Wazinski yes. from, from Rufus. Yeah. Um, I have to, okay, so I heard a rumor that Were you supposed to be the initial recipient of Ain't Nobody? I know that, according to Shaka, that was a last minute, like Rufus getting that song was the last minute resort because initially, I believe the the talk was that Michael Cimbello and Hawk Wazinski was trying to place it on Thriller. Didn't make it. And then I heard that when... Uh, Hawk was working on I've Got the Cure. He wanted you to do that. Is there a truth to that? Like, were you offered Ain't Nobody first?
6: I wasn't offered. I wasn't offered. I, I wish that I was, though. But I wasn't oh. I wasn't offered that song. No. Okay. But, you know, Patty was supposed to do I Feel Good all over. And uh, wow. my converted heard it and, and took the song. You know, t- songs are taken from artists every day.
4: Are you aware of how of hip hop's relationship to uh, something in the way you make me, like, me feel? How yeah. like Kid Cabri would like cut yeah. it up? Kid
6: Cabrera, <laughs> Fat Joe, I love Fat Joe, Fat Joe. <laughs> but yeah, I you know they told me about it. Kid Cudi definitely told me about it, and Fat Joe.
3: You finally did it with him, I believe, last year, like live, where he.
6: Yes, we were at. I was at my manager's uh, charity event, and. uh, uh, Indianapolis, uh,
5: I the Expo.
3: See-
1: Expo. Expo,
5: the Black Expo, Black Indianapolis.
1: Expo. <laughs> Thank you. I
5: see
3: yeah, I know that spot.
1: Oh, they still got it. Good for them. Mm. <laughs> and uh,
6: I did it with him. We went to the there was there's a white party that they had, and I got on stage and did it with him.
4: Yeah, that's so dope. Ooh.
6: We record it. We were going to record it. And Teddy Riley was going to do it. But I don't I think it kind of just like fell apart. But I was going to sing it over with him and let him do his thing.
3: So at that time, they were just explaining to you what that song meant to the hip hop nation like you, yes, you were just unaware.
6: I, I was unaware of it.
3: Yeah, wow. so for our listeners out know there. Yeah, I don't
4: know That's a Classic
3: for, So yeah, for our listeners out there, um, with the advent of like mixtapes huh? and being as though Kid Capri was sort <clears throat> of out the gate as one of the very first like mixtape pioneers or what we know as mixtapes, it was just a radical idea back in the day to take a cappella well, first of all, to find any a cappella versions of songs was hard enough. So mm. There was an acapella version of something the way you feel on the 12 inch and then he would put it under the honey drippers and peach the president
4: Peach the president
3: breakbeat and that was like our first taste of a blend where you could take someone's vocals from here and put it under a beat over there and wow. like that's basically what inspired like
4: and the thing that was smart what's about the 411? kid like, yeah kid was smart enough to know that like you put that vocal under just a raw break beat and the key would match because it's yeah. just a raw. When you had other dudes coming, hearers. they'd just be putting, they'd be putting vocals under whatever and I'm like, bro, this, does not, <laughs> it, like, this does not match. I'm like, this does not match at all. <laughs> yeah, so,
3: yeah, that that became, that was like one of Kid Capri's signature mixes. No Kid Capri party would be complete without him opening up his, play. for 30 years he would open up his set with stephanie mills and impeach the president so wow yeah to see wow. that happen that was like super legendary um <laughs> did you Steph- know
1: it was that long goodness gracious that's great
3: yeah yeah you know it was super legendary <laughs> stephanie again like we're also using you as the conduit to to figure out like about our favorites um you worked under the two of, of of Lou Silas Jr. at MCA? Yes. Yes. What was yeah, what was working with Lou like? Like what was he like as well, I mean, was he president of the black division at MCA? Or was he just head AR? Like what was his position?
6: He was head of A and R, but he did everything. He did all my mixes. He did the remixes of Power of Love and mm. and and, and a lot of songs. I loved working with Lowell. Lowell had a great ear. That's I mean, he, he had a great ear. He was working with, you know, uh, New Edition and Bobby Brown and all of that. He put all that stuff together. He put them all, all together and worked and get, and he was the one who chose my songs. And when things didn't work out with one producer, Gerald Busby would come and take that song and give it to another producer. Joe uh, Busby and Lowell worked hand in hand. together. I was going to say, describe
3: what was, what were they like? Because it's hard to find anyone that was really, you know, in proximity to where they were at the time. I was
6: with them a lot. I would go up to the to the office a lot. They were just cool guys. I always had lunch with with uh, Joe Busby and Lowell. I would go to the basketball games with him because Lowell later on was dating Cassandra. You know, okay. Kassandra was, was yeah. my manager at the time. So I was with Lowell and over Lowell's house all the time and Joe Busby. We became close, very close.
3: Um, I also know that you uh, worked with uh, Richard Rudolph and also with Rod Temperton. Yes. Well, I know that he yes. did. I
6: love working with Rod Temperton. Now, he was a genius with background really? vocal. And making and blending things together. Oh my God! And he was the nicest, nicest, most humble guy. He was so yeah, nice.
3: I was going to ask, like, how much of a taskmaster was he with his background vocal stacking? Like,
6: oh, was six, he super intense? Yes, it was. It was intense, but he wasn't uh, mean about it. He wasn't like okay. You know, he was very. Um, nice about it and i was used to working in the studio and as long as you get me in the studio early i'm good i don't do nighttime studio because i go to bed early i get sleepy but early in the day i'm good so i loved it and i learned so much
3: so an average session how long could your voice last before it's starting to give out like are you good for two hours and then it's like stop so this word, is what
6: like, i do i don't i don't beat a song i do one or two takes and that's it because nice. i do my homework at home so i'm not you know i'm not going to sing all day i never i've never been one to sing all day most of my songs are done in one take or two takes that's it I love whatever it. we got to fix with fix. but other than that it's one or two
4: do it right do it light i love it
1: wow do you Do you think do you think that, like, and, of course, God-given talent is definitely a part of it, but do you think that, like, your theater background has a lot to do with that? Oh,
6: or a- absolutely. Absolutely. My theater background definitely, definitely taught me the discipline. You know, I was, they they knew that when I came in the studio, I was going to be ready, I was going to know my songs, and that's it. Wow. But my theater background and being in theater and, and being around those you see, because I was around like Liza Minnelli and mm. Rivera and and all these legendary theater people. Broadway was like a community. So I learned and I and I was the kind that would just sit and watch. I wouldn't talk when other people was working. I'd watch the director because I, I found that fascinating. So I would just sit and watch and and learn. And and Cheetah was became very good friends with me and and and. Um, I did the Sammy Davis Jr. show, and Liza. Sammy gave me a a a, a gold bracelet, but Liza, Miss Minelli, had given it to Sammy, so he had to come and get it, and then buy me another one.
3: <laughs> oh, take it back. <laughs> oh man!
6: Did you <laughs> have Liza? I had it, but he forgot that Liza gave it to him, and she reminded him, and so then he he <laughs> came to the theater and got it, and then he bought me another one.
3: So that you had a re-
1: you had a relationship <laughs> with Liza, like y'all had actually. I mean, Miss Manelli, y'all had a relationship where you would actually speak well, to each other. We
6: would uh, respect, you know, because she was there. Was nobody bigger on Broadway than Liza Minnelli. Right, right, right. Cheetah Rivera, you know, and and then Pippin and Ben Vereen and all those people. I I just learned from all of them.
1: I asked about Liza specifically because you remixed the role of her mother, so I was just curious if yes. that that ever came into conversation or she ever let you know that she was aware?
6: She was aware and she felt like I did a good job and she told me not to worry about what people said.
4: Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, um, y'all, we want to know your work with Nick Martinelli. Uh, ah, yeah. Was, yeah, was that, like, were you a fan of the loose end stuff that he had done like before that? Like, how did y'all hook up?
6: Um... I think Lowell put that together, and okay. Nick was in Philadelphia, and I went to his house, and we talked about it. But Nick allowed me to be free. Like the first part of "Home," I I wrote that, and I and I told Nick that I wanted "Home" to be a little bit more urban, because I was coming out. You know, I had done the Whiz, but I wanted to, it to be a little bit more urban, and I wanted people to remember how great Charlie Small's songs were. I didn't want them to forget, you know. So So when we went in the studio and take six, uh, did the backgrounds. Oh, that's them. Wow! I did
4: not. That's
6: that's take six.
4: Casual flex. Damn! Wow! Wow! (laughs) Yeah, I could I could hear you saying it because I well maybe assholes because um you know I was thinking particularly about if I were your woman. And how that just sounds like nothing that he had done like previously before that. It sounds nothing like the loose ends stuff or like nothing. none of that.
3: It's we talked Yeah, I was gonna say that's his first foray outside of eight oh eight. Yeah, Jamming right. Lewis <laughs> <laughs>
4: DNA.
3: It talked yeah. a
6: lot. I love Nick. I mean, even when Nick went to prison, I went to visit him there.
3: Oh, he went to prison? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why we gotta interview Nick Martin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> by the way, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Jim actually told me, "Yeah, you guys got to interview him and find out why he went to prison." Oh, I gotta Google that. Damn. All right. I
1: thought oh, y'all wow. was just, um, No,
3: I I didn't know myself. So yeah, no, we we definitely got to get a Nick Martinelli episode out because yeah, it's a story. It's a story.
1: <laughs> All right, y'all.
3: why did you decide to reclaim or recover Home uh, in 89 when, uh, for the Home album?
6: Because so many of the uh, cast members had passed on. Mm. And I just wanted people to remember, and I wanted to do a tribute. And that was my tribute to the original cast members, to huh. Charlie Smalls and, and, and Ken Harper and, and um, Charles who Who was our um director and a lot of people that passed on,
1: even Michael Peters, yes
6: Michael, around
3: Peter. out of town. Michael mm-hmm. Peters, yes, so okay, uh, after I ask about Angela, well, I mean there's so many other producers, yes, you worked yes. with well, first of all, working with uh Angela Wimbush, I know she wrote those songs, but did she actually produce power Love and something in the make me feel as well or?
6: Well, I won't tell you the story about Power of Love. I'm not going to tell that story. But Power of Love, they oh. started producing it, and then uh, Gerald had to come in and take it and give it to uh, Have Mercy Cursey. And he he finished it. But yes, she wrote, Power of Love used, was originally Power of God. Angela wrote and produced Something in the Way You Make Me Feel and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, another song on my album. But I think Angela is a brilliant writer and producer. She's one of my uh good friends.
4: That's what's up. And she's still she's still like uh, like active and stuff. She's still like health-wise, she's still yeah, good. She, though, right? Well, yeah, yeah. she's
6: going yeah. to the church now, but she's still active. You know, I keep okay. trying to get her to, to to do a song and stuff, but she's still active, yeah.
3: Who? She sang at uh at um Fife's funeral. Oh wow. Oh man, I know that, oh, that was a little weird. Yeah. Like me, me and D'Angelo were her impromptu band oh (laughs) uh, but we were at the apollo first of all i was at the apollo and then like oh we're playing angel do you know angel what key key?" so we're like winging it (laughs) but she's also kind of quasi throwing us under the bus because we didn't know the chord changes (laughs) (laughs) i'm
5: like come on now
3: (laughs) i was just here to look at the casket and leave now i'm playing drums with you okay
1: i was gonna ask 70 who are like you mentioned angela you mentioned twala and melba but who are your your sisters in song like the ladies especially you've been kicking on during these these times
3: yeah did you have a crew like who were your bffs like people that you could lean on and they're like... not in the
1: industry though Wow. That's what I meant. I thought somebody who you were going through it, you're both going through the same, you know, no, similar the season.
6: only person that probably uh, would be Angela. It's hard to be friends with sometimes the women in the business because it's a, it's a different kind of thing. You know, it's hard. It's hard.
3: Cutter.
5: Oh, Quest.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. <God. laughs> Who said that? Not me.
1: And you said earlier that the, the record label in your family kind of controlled a lot of stuff. So I, I thought about that and I was like, I wonder if it was at times where it was like pitting against and whatnot. Cause you know, the whole mentality of there can only be one and whatnot. Only one. Yeah. I
6: never had that mentality. Not I you, also, but yeah. But, but I'm saying like there are some artists that really do have that mentality, but I always competed with myself. Being better for myself. You know, Facts. I never tried to be better or sing better than anybody else. I just did me. And that always worked for me.
1: That worked because there is no like, well, you know, she's just like Stephanie Mills. There's no.
4: Nah, nah. nah. You ain't heard nobody say that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was, um, now that I think about it, there was a there was a, a kind of a, what do you call it for Christmas when they do? Christmas album? No, 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 not a Christmas album but uh, a friend of mine took me to a church in Harlem and this church... Reverend Ike. It was like 6,000 seats? Yeah. <laughs> I just remember it was you and Felicia Rashad. Black Nativity. I saw Reverend Ike. Oh. Black Nativity.
1: Is that when they had the real live animals and stuff?
6: Oh, no. that oh. We didn't have real live animals, but we did Black Nativity. Oh, wow. Was, Yo, <laughs> I was going to
3: say... <laughs> okay. The night... The night I finished Master in Illadolf Half Life, I got off early and a friend's mine's like, yo, we're going to see Stephanie Mills go sing at a church. It's a nativity thing. And like Felicia Rashad was the narrator. Mm-hmm. And what was always wanted to know, because the thing was, they were doing it was the story of black nativity scene, mm-hmm. but it was a sold out audience. And you were incorporating kind of your catalog I mean you you sort of had to bend the narrative so that it could fit the story of of the nativity so like yes you're going to do I feel good all over but it was sort of bent into whatever the story of Mary explaining that. to Sorry. Joseph <laughs> what how she got <laughs> like it was the weirdest thing like it was it was basically in my head I was sitting there like okay so she's doing six songs. She's doing six of her hits. And they had to figure out a way how to f- incorporate those hits into the <sighs> narrative of the birth of baby Jesus. So it was like... That but sound like they, work. Feel the fire. Like all these songs that were not nativity ready. Nativity- but they twisted. Right, right. Always wanted to... Like how how did that come to be... Obviously, that wasn't the first time you did it. So... Was like, was that a something normal for you? Because literally, they felt,
6: they felt like. I think I did. I feel good all over, and I think I did home or something. <laughs> I don't think I did feel the fire. It.
3: I swear, it was like three or four songs, and I was like, was okay, how t- are they gonna, t- how are they gonna incorporate this one? But anyway, but yeah, how how did they how did that come to be?
6: they they wanted they felt like if people came to see it they'd want to hear me sing something that that people know for me right okay that that, that they're more familiar with than just that and that's how they wanted to sell it okay
3: i was aboard I, i was like okay to to reinterpret all of your songs through the gospel filtering i thought that was mad clever so i wanted to know was that something that you. Would return to, or I didn't know if maybe that point in your life you were just going to do non secular versions of your regular songs oh. or that oh, sort of thing. I,
6: never, I, I did one gospel album and everybody all thought, oh, she's doing gospel now. But I wanted to do, uh, you know, I, I eventually would love to do a Broadway album and sing
4: different oh, wow.
6: tunes. I, w- I want to do that. That was one of the reasons why I left MCA because they no longer. Well, first, I didn't want a a record contract anymore. I just wanted to kind of do what I wanted to do. And so Hmm. I'd love to do a a Broadway album.
1: We got two Broadway show producer and composers right here on this. uh, We do.
4: (laughs) You, you, that guy,
1: you and William, Bill, that guy. (laughs) I was was going to ask, though,
2: along those lines, Miss Mills, how do you feel about being one of the only that I can think of at the moment or at all? like Broadway folk who began as a Broadway person and then graduated into pop stardom. There are are plenty who are pop stars who take on stunt roles and musicals, but you're one of the only people I can think of who began as a Broadway person and then became this sort of big pop sensation. What is that like? I I can't even think of anybody else who's along those lines.
6: Hmm. They always reminded me of that. They always, like Stephanie, it's really um, odd that you came from Broadway. Usually Broadway people don't have the voice to be commercial and that's mm. it's a different said. voice it's a different it, it really is a different voice but i i don't really know how i did it i mean i get i have to really um thank the producers and i never really left i never let i, le- I never left my soul even though i was on broadway and singing i still kept my soul i think i didn't like turn into this broadway singer right i was a singer did they know?
2: try to change you though like vibrato, they, yeah. I mean, like Broadway's known for vibrato and like epic, whatever it is. And that, you don't sound like that thin, at all.
6: Then sound, yeah. and, You know that whiny kind of sound. But um, I, uh, they tried to change me later in my career. They wanted me to take some of the soul out of my voice because they wanted me to be mm. more pop. So they mm. would say you're sounding a little bit too black. I mean, even my videos and things were never played on MTV or VH1 because they said I was too black.
4: Oh, I was gonna say, I remember you did a song um that I thought was kind of to me it felt kind like a, a comeback, so to speak. When you did um I just want love, and it was the it was on the strictly business soundtrack. I will never get oh, that song. Shoot. Wow. That was a good soundtrack. Yeah, it it was on the it was on the strictly business soundtrack. It's the last song. It's the strictly business the uh the movie with Halle Berry and Tommy Davidson and I can't home Classic. from the Cosby Show. Super I classic. Can't
6: even remember that song, God. Like, really? I can't, cause we used to do. I just want know,
4: love from you. I just want your love from you. It was on the. It was the first song on the soundtrack, but it's the last jam in the movie. It sounds so nineties. Very nineties. <laughs> like, I was in like seventh grade, but but I was but but the thing was because it was other people on that soundtrack. I think I think like Mary was on that soundtrack and I I Mary was an Uptown with
0: MCA,
6: and you know. It, it was Mary, Patty LaBelle, Jody Watley, myself, and we were all on MCA. we would always come out first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, mm-hmm. We wow. release our records.
1: Well, at least they yeah do it at the same time. That's good. Oh. Yeah,
4: I I thought that was just a good way of them kind of uh, you know it was a a voice that was familiar to me, and I heard it, and I was like, man, they found a way to you know make material that puts Stephanie in like a modern day context, you know, and it didn't sound like, like you said, you know, it it sounded like you were still, you were still doing you, you weren't trying to do like what the younger generation was doing. It didn't Mm -hmm. sound like you were pandering. It just sounded like, Oh, this is Stephanie Mills in this context. And I always thought that's, I always really liked that song.
3: My question is as, as a, a, quote real singer or singer singer, (laughs) um, how you your funny <laughs> oh, no no no! i'm just saying
2: nine-year-old quest a, is even funny as a real singer <laughs> really
3: how hard is it to make sense where we are now this is not not like to disparage anyone or, or bring
1: no 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 oh, I no! Just i love meant, it twitter stephanie mills i love it let's go
3: no oh oh wait what am i missing <laughs> oh Sam, something on twitter i forgot Oh, I no, forgot. I just love she that brought Stephanie smoke d- to Sam. Yeah, she don't I hold forgot her tongue.
1: That. I just love that she don't hold her tongue. That's what I'm I I forgot. Yes. I
3: totally forgot you bring smoke to Sam about Michael <laughs> Jackson. I forgot about that. She but did. I mean I just where it. we oh, no. where we are <laughs> now where we are now where I I mean, you know what music is now. Yeah, I yeah. I don't have to all auto tune <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's just it could be frustrating sometimes. I mean, even me now like as a music fan and actively in the music business, you know, I don't have any expectations for people to blow me away with their singing anymore or good songs to be written or any of those things. But how do you, do you even make sense of what's happening today at all? Or is it just like
1: R and B?
6: Well, I think that they've just kind of like killed R and B. They're trying to, but we're trying to hold on to it as, you know, no, I think it's very easy for people today to become pop stars and and they use the word legends and icons and things very loosely
3: loosely. And
6: I think that's why a lot of people can't sing live. I mean, a lot of shows are taped, a lot of shows. You'd be surprised. I've been on the road with quite a few artists and mostly predominantly they all the whole show is taped. Yeah. So, but i come from theater you know and i'm so glad i'm so thankful every day that you know i've learned how to sing whether i can hit that note that night or point to my background singer and hit it but what i do before i go on the road is i sing all of my songs every day so that i can sound somewhat like i sounded you know, and 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 people won't be scared to to hear me. I do sing every day because I just love to sing. But today's music, I don't think any of today's music you'll hear five and ten, fifteen years from now, like you do Stevie and Aretha and 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 the people from the seventies and eighties. I don't think that you'll hear this music today. Wait it's a second, y'all. Not
1: how are you? Not one, y'all. Don't. I'm trying to think in my head. Like, what you're. I'm sorry. I was trying to argue that fact, but.
5: Mm, okay
6: i don't don't know i mean i love jasmine sullivan but i i i love her as a vocalist uh uh, deborah cox i Mm. think is is a brilliant uh vocalist and um
1: but that's still not in this in the next 10 years in this last 10 years and that's
6: not that's yeah. not like immediate. Like, uh, do you think that we'll hear Cardi B stuff ten, fifteen years from now? You're
1: right. No man. Yeah.
6: Or Lizzo, or, you know that. I, and that's not to take away from anybody. I'm, I'm not because I don't knock anybody's hustling.
4: Mm-hmm. But I
6: just don't think that you know their music is going to last ten, fifteen years from me.
4: Uh Miss Stephanie, I was going to ask. Uh, so, with your jam with hip hop, when hip hop, you know, kind of came into the in, just into the, the industry. Um, you know, every episode of Unsung, they all have the same story. It's like they they were doing great and then rap and hip-hop it was team. over. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um how what was it like for you? You know what I'm saying? When you saw the industry kind of starting to shift um and you saw what hip hop was becoming, um what was that like for you and what was your relationship to hip hop, if any? I
6: didn't have a relationship with hip hop. But yeah. I, I, enjoyed it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm different because I just, I just keep doing me. I just kept doing what I did. I didn't try to change and try to adapt. You know, I just, I just kept doing a another version of me. Whatever that, you know, just keep doing another version of me. I love hip hop. You know, I, I, um, I would, I, on my Christmas album, I, I rapped. I wrapped off the red Okay. The
2: bars. So,
0: you know, I wrapped. Bars.
6: Bars, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I, everybody has their thing to do. And I think, you know, hey, you just keep on going and it'll come back around. I've seen but it, it.
1: But it didn't bother you like the unsung It didn't bother me. It didn't okay. bother me.
6: No. I didn't freak out about it, no. Because I could that. always go and do theater or I can do other things. So I didn't, I didn't like, Oh God. No, mm-mm. I didn't want to do it anymore.
1: Anyway. If there was a show, what would the show, is there a show you have in mind that you would love to do as
6: yeah, far as theater, that, as
1: theater? Yes.
6: Melba and I are going to do one. Oh, oh! it's called okay. a two woman show.
3: Oh, make it happen. Yeah, we're all writing
6: right, it now.
1: Oh yes. I'm here. We're here for that.
6: <laughs> we're writing it all the way that. Melba's just wonderful on stage. We did a we did a show called uh, "If Your Hats Could Talk," and it was just wonderful being on stage with her.
1: Oh, I can't wait. And we oh.
6: talked recently, and she was like, "Let's work together." I said, "Let's do it." We found a writer, so
1: they're writing it now. Oh, it's good. Get my ears ready.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. I, since I I wasn't going to ask the question, but I might as well. Have you heard back from Sam Smith? Since you uh, clap back at
4: him, oh, that's, let me yo, I that. totally let me forgot about that. that. She's the original.
3: Yes. She brought smoke. Get
4: I love you. Let me, <laughs> let me,
6: let me, you know what it is. This is really what it is. Talk about it. People, people don't really know my personality because I've always just been a singer and on Broadway. But I'm really just a hood girl from Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? I'm really just that that girl and. I love Michael. He's not here to take care of himself and I and to, to speak up for herself. And I get tired of people who I know have copied sounds. I mean, Sam Smith is nothing but Sylvester all over. He,
5: Damn. He
6: God. Sylvester all, all the time. Bur, 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 bur. So <laughs> I, you know, when you say you don't like our music, how can you say that? So I, I really had to, I felt like, I have to say something, and my manager's always like, "Okay, I'm gonna let you say this, but you gotta say it like this." Because sometimes I just think people need to back off. Yeah, I don't like when they and they need them. an
1: education, and Straight they need up. an
6: education. They need it, a- and I don't think people should say things about people, and they're not here to defend themselves. That part. I mean, if you wanted to, it's just like when Fifty was talking about Michael, and you know, and then his his daughter said, "Please don't talk about my father," and then Fifty wanted to you know, go, she's a child, mm-hmm.
5: you right. know,
6: so I kind of, I said, why don't you talk to me? I'm more your speed. I'm more, mm. older. you know, so I just, I just don't
1: like when people are bullies.
6: I don't like bullies. I, love I don't.
3: It. There you go. Yo, Stephanie I'm Mills. S-
1: Stephanie Mills. I'm telling you, Stephanie Mills, Dion Ward, they sat in Twitter on fire. Yeah.
6: Okay. Dion <laughs> she doesn't play. Dion does not play. And you know who else <laughs> didn't play? Aretha. Aretha didn't play. She didn't play. Really? No oh, body. Oh no.
4: Yeah, What was she like? Did, you, did y'all you ever work together in anything or were y'all just we, colleagues?
6: I lived in Detroit for a couple of years and she used to come. I did a play there and she used to come and see me. And towards the end of her life, we would talk. I talked to her about two months before she passed away. And she told oh, me a lot of things about Motown and how Barry uh, started it and how her sister was involved and her father. And I, it's a conversation I could never... Talk yeah, about, but right. I loved Aretha. But Aretha took no prisoners. When I tell you she didn't, she didn't.
3: Oh,
5: we know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. know.
3: So I, you know, I guess in closing, I would just like to know, from this journey you had, like, what what is your, in a career with so many highlights in it, what is your, like, your your favorite, what means the most to you of of your entire journey, your creative journey?
6: that I'm still here, that I uh, didn't get on drugs. I didn't, you know, because I think about Whitney and I think about Michael and I think about Prince, I think about Gerald and so many times as artists, we have so much pressure and weight on us that just destroys us. And Mm. people don't really understand sometimes what an artist is going through so i think that i'm still here in somewhat my right mind and and that (laughs) i enjoyed it i'm able to enjoy it and sit back and 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 relax and and just enjoy it
4: i was gonna ask you earlier because you were saying that you know when you look back over your career and just over your life it was all kind of going really fast and you never really yeah. had a chance taking in, um, in what ways, if, if any has 2020, like with us being kind of locked down with COVID and everything, um, what has that given you a chance? Th- what is this year, uh, giving you a chance to reflect on and, um, you know, kind of change or any shifts that you may be making in your life now?
6: You know, when I turned 40, 45, I had my son and, um, I didn't, I didn't have a, it all changed for me when I severed my ties with MCA because I didn't want Mm. to be a recording artist anymore. And And what year
4: was that? Around what time?
6: Oh my, it was like in the nineties. Okay. The nineties.
4: I think.
6: Yeah. And I just, I slowed down, but it wasn't until I like hit 50, 55. And I was like, oh man, you know, I like this, but my sixties have been the best. Really? Oh, my 60s, have. Really? I don't care what I they can tell I say. <laughs> say, I don't care about nothing. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. I don't care. So it's like, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care. You know, it's just you don't care. It's but when you're like in the 30s, you're caring about what everybody thinks. I, my 60s have been just wonderful. My 50s and my 60s have been just wonderful.
4: Yeah, that's so great. You man. don't look at day over 21. Yeah, Thanks. I was going to say- No, nah, I am going to say, you look amazing. I,
1: amazing. I 64 in March. You look like that same yes. little lady I saw oh, on stage man. when I was six. Yeah, you like I the see, same. I got
6: gray hair all in here. Shoot, no, that's I, 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 you and
1: Melba got something going on. I don't know. Y'all want to hold your little your secrets, but you and Melba, they got something going on. No, you know
6: what I think it is? I just think I get a lot of sleep. I don't really smoke or anything. And I just started drinking wine at 60. Why? Really? That's yes. Funny. I
5: just... Up, ah,
4: y'all hear up. that? Shut up.
3: <laughs> what? they, <laughs> they start crowning me because I just started that uh, earlier this year. And yeah, everyone's drinking wine. wine. I Amir, mean, you're drinking now? Yes. The rest of yes. us yes. are doomed. I love it.
1: Been drinking since we was teenagers. Fuck, damn. <laughs> yeah. I just started. Normal, folks.
3: I just started. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Nice one. You've been missing out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This... Uh, all right, there's one. There's one thing I gotta know. Okay, okay. seen you in concert once. Yes, and you're doing. If I was your woman, mm-hmm. And you always did it. You, you had a chair as a prop.
6: Yes, four chairs.
3: Yeah. Okay. This is what I gotta know. I don't know if it was just the Philadelphia air, but you went extra on throwing that chair above your head mm-hmm. in a way it was almost like a, a no look pass from like <laughs> I, I just want to know in performing that particular song was that a nightly ritual i don't even know if you remember but you just you you pick this chair up and it was like you know them chairs that comedians use when they do their routines like them those talk like, literally, yeah. she hoisted it to the other side of the stage. And I always wanted to know, like, was that a part of your routine where you Pete Townshend, uh, Pete Townsend from The Who, <laughs> that reference. From The Who. <laughs> was that a part of your repertoire every night when you did that song? or
6: I was supposed just... to throw it, but not, not probably like that. But sometimes I get so involved. And I go to another space on stage. Yeah. So that was probably one of the nights that I was in another space. Or maybe my boyfriend made me mad or ah. something. Or I don't know. And I just took it out on the chair.
3: That was mm. Olympic level chair throwing. Which I was wait. like, wait. Did that? But those,
6: chairs, those chairs were really light, though. They weren't heavy. They were really light.
1: What's your okay. sign, Stephanie? I'm Aries. Aries. Oh yeah, she threw that shit.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Aries, I'm Aries,
1: honey. It's true.
2: Calm down, Miss Cleo. Relax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, can I just ask before we go? Because I, I asked Melba this, and I'm, I think we should probably just get in the habit of doing this. Like for folks that are listening that love you and been a fan and stuff. Like, where do you tell them? And especially in COVID, like how to support you and make sure that they are tuned into how they can support you
6: um on my ig i'm on ig i'm on twitter yes and i have facebook thank you for sharing
1: too on ig you share your story with your son and whatnot and i just share my
6: story with my son and i i i talk about people a little bit but not too bad i i don't think i you know i just kind of keep them straight a little bit (laughs)
4: hey that's what (laughs) we got
1: to somebody got to gather
4: them
6: just a little bit. But people kind of get afraid or whatever, don't want to talk to me. But that's cool. I don't whatever.
5: care.
1: We should have a council for this kind of shit. You should have help. and tap somebody in.
5: <laughs> yeah, for real.
6: <laughs> but I think people should stay. I mean, this this year has been so tough on everybody. I, I have crazy faith. You know, my faith has always gotten me through situations. And I just think people need to wear their masks and wash their hands. and Tell don't- it. You know, I guess some people will take the vaccine. I don't think I'm going to take the vaccine. I'm going to wait and see. We're going to wait
3: everywhere. every yeah. way. We, we all wait and see. Yeah, yeah. We
6: wait. Wait and see what they're doing because I don't trust
1: it. That's the see. So you know, spring. We can't. None of us take it right now. Anyway, let's just wait for the fourth batch.
3: Right. Right. <laughs>
4: yeah. Wait
1: everybody for everybody to, to get their second shot. You know, give
4: it that
3: iOS update or whatever. right? I'm <laughs>
2: exactly. Get that iPad. Never first generation. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> well once
3: again we thank you for uh doing our show and um i'm happy
4: you said you agreed to do it I didn't nice. think this oh, was gonna
6: i'm this happy but... you invited me thank you so much i've had a good time
4: Perfect. and you live in north carolina i'm so proud and i had no idea all this time man yes, yes. yes. North carolina.
6: i love carolina. north carolina now, i like new york too but i could never live in new york again it's too yeah. fast yeah
1: get, get to go for that shit Oh, I'm too
3: old for it. Mm, I'm mm. too old for that
4: shit. <laughs> Look, Amir is too Chris Love is too old for that shit. Amir too <laughs> old for that shit. And he rich. <laughs> I didn't leave yet. <laughs> I
3: didn't leave yet. <laughs> just we're not even paid. just wait till February. Then I'll join, you know.
5: Okay. Then I'm having
3: <laughs> All right, y'all. Let me wrap this up. Uh we'll okay. be having Fontigolo and uh Unpaid Bill and Sugar Yo. Steve. Sugar Steve Thank anything. You, Stephanie. Okay, just thank you for all the music. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Uh, Yeah, thank you once again to our special guest, Stephanie Mills on Questlove Supreme. Uh, We will see you on the next go-round. Have a great 2021, people. See you next time. Thank you.
4: Yo, what's up? This is Fonte. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at QLS and let us know what you think and who should be next to sit down with us. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. All right? Peace.
3: What's Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows